Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Elliott, and today we are in for a treat. I'm very excited. Mandy has been in the real estate game for a little bit now and originally getting started back in 2015, 2016, really focusing on multifamily. Her first deal, fourplex, she's done many, many since then. And really, her bread and butter is right within that 20 to 50 unit sweet spot range. And we're going to talk about forever money today, which I really like. I love forever money. Who doesn't? Mailbox money. At this moment, she's got over 373 doors in collective with investors and so forth. And just a ton of experience. We could talk about car washes. We could talk about doing some 1031 exchanges with her and and so much more. But I really can't wait to hear more about your story, Mandy, and exactly the education. I know you're doing coaching now and helping out so many more people the last several years, which is incredible. It's really needed. There's not enough women out there, in my opinion, that are being very vocal and blunt and helping out others. So I'm I'm very thankful that we have your time today. So how are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm yeah. so excited. The, the Christmas season when you've got little kids is like the absolute best. The, it's the like the season. Everywhere. Like this yeah. is this is why you have kids, Brandon. Yeah. This right now is why you have kids. <laughs> <laughs> it makes so much sense. I love it. Talk to me. It's, uh, anybody that doesn't know who you are, where you're from, how many kids, and uh, just a little bit more of your situation. Do you mind giving us that thirty thousand foot view? Sure, of course. I'm Manny McAllister. I uh, started my career. I did a master's in economics. Worked on the floor of the board of trade for a hot minute. Ended up transitioning into medical device sales and. Actually, one of the ironies of the universe for me, Brandon, is I chose not to go to medical school because I didn't want to be on call. And then I ended up ascending the ladder of medical device sales such that I was on call for that friggin' job, right? It always comes uh, so back. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny. Like the universe, just the thing I was avoiding, I actually got it. Anyway, so one of the big reasons I chose to lean into real estate and grow my portfolio there was because, you know, at some point you have more coming in then you need to spend to live your life, which was a real epiphany to me. And I, I was able to position myself to get to be the mom who helped out at my kid's Christmas party the other day, you know, rather than it. the mom who needed to wait in the waiting room for Dr. So-and-so to come do this cardiac procedure, you know. So there is a lot of freedom if you're willing to make a lot of choices. But, you know, one thing you mentioned before we, we went live here when you were just on Facebook was if you're waiting, why are you waiting? Well, one thing that I did... Brandon, was I got interested in when I was 19 years old in 1999 in college. And I did jack with that idea because I did all the right things. I needed to buy my house first. I needed to get the master's degree and live in the cool neighborhood of Chicago. And I was so cool. But I didn't move further. I didn't move forward in a way that I could with this investing stuff that fed me until I was 35. So if you are waiting, it's never going to be perfect. What are you waiting for? That's so good. Did you have any friends, family members that were actually doing real estate at the time or why real estate for you? I know that there was kind of like a a student housing situation and you got excited for that and saw 
you went after four units, which on your first one, many people just start off with something smaller, right? So why? So originally, both my parents are self-employed. My dad's a farmer. My mom owned a, a manufacturing business. So like it's okay. always kind of been in my bones yeah. that I want to do something on my own, you know? Yeah. But that story that you're talking about, I was at a party at a friend's house. Like she lived off campus. She was explaining that her dad bought the house that we were standing on the porch of. And she rented out the rooms to our friends and she got to keep the money. It was the best idea I'd ever heard. Yeah. Right. So and I, I just say I really feel like, you know, when it comes to farming, like you, people need a, things to eat all the time. That will always be something that's needed. This idea of like 30,000 foot view Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You always need a roof over your head. You can live your entire life and never own a Bitcoin. You know, you can live your entire life without a, a stock certificate. But you need a roof over here. So that really resonated with, uh, you know, I can touch it, feel it, understand it in a bigger way than, you know, paper. I think that what did you do with that first deal? And then when was your next one after that? Sure. So I, I kind of I like to solve problems by backing into them. And I like uh-huh. to make a little bet to start. And it's something I still do to this day, but it took me way too long to make that. first. So I realized that Chicago, where I live, sucks for a lot of reasons. It's blue state. It's, you know, I don't trust our government. We tax too much. Like it's a whole thing. Right. However, I wanted to buy something that was close enough that I could get to. Right. So in 2015, um, when I was actually pregnant with my son, I I dug totally into, well, kids are going to keep going to college. Right. So what are the in my backyard colleges that I could potentially buy in a a smaller town? Well, that was either Champaign-Urbana, which is about two hours away, University of Illinois, Eastern Illinois University, which is in Charleston, Northern, which is in DeKalb, and then Illinois State, which is in Bloomington. Well, I realized that anything Big Ten, you kind of get priced out real quick. Like the institutional money chases that. So sorry, uh, sorry, University of Illinois. Then there was the threats of Eastern closing at that time. So sorry, Eastern Illinois. Now I've got two. I'm just focused on two. It's so much easier to approach something when you apply limiting factors. At that same time that I was looking, Illinois State was the only growing student base in the entire state of Illinois, and they were tearing down a dorm. So that became a no-brainer. I talked to a couple of property managers that and, and really vibed with one, and they helped me find a fourplex. They gave me the advice to go into a fourplex. But then the minute that I realized, oh my gosh, one transaction, and I've got four renters, it feels so much safer because I got more bodies paying me money. That really is what helped me get bit by the bug of small multis. I love it. And then so over the years, you started picking up some properties, obviously. What does that look like for you? You focused on your sweet spot. A lot of people like to go after 70, 100 units or 100 doors or more just because you can start affording to actually you know, take down these properties and, and handle the management, right? To systemize things. You like to focus on 20 to 50 units. That's kind of like the sweet spot, a lot of kind of untouched. What's the reason for that? So the syndicator gurus, they'll, they'll absolutely push you towards 100 units and more. And yep. there, there is truth to that, because I'll tell you, like, the, the next transaction after, after that four was a six. And I still own that six to this day. And it is the most profitable. <laughs> but it's also the I'm... most headaches. Yeah. My gosh. Like, yeah. I've got some really hilarious stories there if we get to it. But if you yeah. get to a lot, it's, it's not necessarily the hundred doors that makes it magical. And now you can afford property management because you could have a $400 rent on a hundred doors and not be able to afford property management. Or you can have a $3,000 rent on an eight plex and be able to 
afford someone full time, right? So it's really how yeah. many dollars do you have coming in that absolutely makes a difference? Well, what I found in a, the acquisition of a 38 and a 53, like that's kind of my favorite little couple of deals that I've done. If you are able to partner with a, a third party property manager, the beauty of having that person on your deal is that one person knows everything that's going on with that deal, sure. right? You know, you might not have Suzanne on site Monday through Friday because you can't afford her 100% of the time, but can you negotiate with that third party property manager that you get 50% of Suzanne's time, that this building and some other building in their portfolio are splitting her 50 50? Because what I found is the smaller stuff where you're dealing with departments like, oh, I don't know what's happening with that eviction. You need to go to this guy in that department. That is the thing that everybody starts from scratch every time they're trying to figure out who the heck you are. But if you have Suzanne Tuesday, Thursday, Suzanne knows what's going on. It might take her 24 hours to get back to you, but you have one person's focus and you can still qualify for the best possible debt on those larger permanent loans. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about the debt for a second. But yeah, I think having one person that's actually, you know, like assigned to that and takes full accountability, full responsibility on it, that's huge. And so finding those individuals, do you look for the project first or do you look for the the individual? One thing that I'm kind of bang tables about is, you know, you you can be an expert in one place, Uh right? Like I'll tell you, I know this from experience. When I was first looking to go bigger, from the fours and sixes and tens into like those 50-ish range. I was looking in both Kansas City and Indianapolis because it met the growth metrics I wanted to be. And I could sure. get down dinner and back before dinner because that's what yep. I wanted. Single mom yeah. time, gotta be back before dinner, right? But then I would, oh, Kansas City. Oh, but they're doing this in Indianapolis. Oh, but I could do a little better in Kansas. Like I followed my way to Jack because I was spread thin. But then when I decided, nope, Indianapolis is where I'm going. I met a partner that also wanted to invest there. So we put our heads down, we found something immediately and, and ran after. So right now, what I, I help people figure out is what is that market for you? Just one, put your blinders on, and then finding that property manager before you even close incentivizes them to help you potentially do a walkthrough. Like for a really reduced fee, they will help you walk through your property because they want to know what they're getting into too, you know? Yeah. And potentially they'll help you know the people who want to sell that they're already managing for, and you might get first crack. So I love the play of finding a property manager. And it's one of those things that it's the old saying that you can't chase multiple rabbits, you know, you'll catch none. So really laser beam focus on that one market can be just outstanding. It's night and day difference. So I, I love that approach. So you're finding the property manager first and then you're trying to work out something, you know, more 50-50 type of ownership with them or just discounted type of services. Are they investing in the deal alongside with you? No, I have not done that. That is, that is okay. something that I, I have. I've got buds who they've done that. That is not something I've done. I just incentivize them that they get my business. Yeah. If I'm if I'm taking something down, right? That's good. So the bulk of my portfolio, I call myself an equity hog, Brandon. Like I've I've done general <laughs> partnerships on a syndication, right? And you know, in them, this 104 unit in Louisville, Kentucky, it's a great property. It completely subscribes to everything that I believe in in looking for multifamily, there wasn't a ton of construction risk. It was a B-class asset. There was a a bunch of room for improvement. We bought from a developer. There was a lot of stuff that was going for it. I raised a million dollars. I did all the same due diligence I did on all of the other stuff that I owned. And then I ended up with 5% of the GP ownership. So 5% of the 30% that is the GP ownership equals 1.8% of ownership. I don't think people who are- Exactly, right? 
Pretty like, sexy. You know more, well, do you know what one point eight percent of one hundred four units is, Brandon? It's a <laughs> not enough, bro. It's a yeah, not enough. Why am I more it's excited or interested in this hundred four one point eight percent that I own than I am the six flex that throws up like four or five grand a month? You know, it's so like, good. It's so it's, good. Yes, it's a duplex. Yes, <laughs> it's a duplex. So end of day, yes, my life is easier. I don't have to be on a lot of like, oh wait, did you know that guy in yeah. died? I all because. One person's eyes are on it, but it doesn't sure. make me as it's not as sexy as the, the syndicator gurus would have you believe. And yes. I wanted to leave a day job. I wanted to leave a job where it's answerable to a bunch of doctors, right? If I sign up to be a syndicator, which is what you do largely if you're seeking these hundred units more, you are answerable to a, a crap ton of passive investors who might be doctors. I wanted to leave that. I was yeah. picking up another job that was exactly the same thing. But doctors are great. I love you, doctor. But yeah. end of day, like what I wanted was to own as much of it as I possibly could by myself. In the the very beginning, I was going to, to the larger stuff. I went from a 10 unit into a 53 unit. And the way that I did that, I really wanted agency debt. I love the idea of I, I hired a guy as a coach who lost $50 million in the last downturn because I wanted to learn how to not do that, right? Well, the way he did it was he cross-collateralized his entire portfolio. He only owned like 30% loan to value, but one domino fell and the whole thing left him right? But if I could own stuff in non-recourse loans, do everything in my power to make sure I'm doing things the right way, right? Then I, you know, if it hits the fan, somebody else, the, the, they'll take back one property. They won't take back my entire portfolio because I'm not personally liable. It's non-recourse debt. So that 53 unit, I found two partners. We, you know, divvied up ownership commensurate to dollars in because I didn't want to have the taxable event, which is the thing I talk a lot about with the people that I help. But End of day, I got the agency debt. I have, you know, a 53 unit cash flowing Beeb plus I asset that that is fantastic in the MSA of Indianapolis from that acquisition. That Rod Cleef that you're talking about in the past that made those mistakes. Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a, you learn from everybody, right? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and you just got to figure out the thing that, yep. you know, Rod, Rod's a good man. I actually got you calls with uh, uh, listeners of his podcast and yep. the call with him that gave me the bravery to, to jump into that four black doctor. So took him some popcorn back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I love that. That is so good. So uh, how are you getting these leads? For properties? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I talk a lot about too is ran on 73 doors, right? If you like think about that, if you're acquiring 50, 100 at a time, that's not 373 acquisitions. That's like six really good acquisitions, right? Yep. So you don't like, I, I was uh, on Michael Blanc's podcast uh, a while back and he's like, well, what are you doing for deal flow? I'm like, well, that's the beauty of how I set this up. I don't need deal flow, number one, right? Because end of day, I get to do a deal if it's awesome, but I have constructed my life so I have this floor of income coming in that I don't have to if I don't want to. If, if I decide that 2023 is not a time for acquisition, which I did decide 2023 was a time not for acquisition. I don't have to do a deal. So my favorite way to find deals, though, is to lean on brokers. Like these guys earn their money. Like they're caught like, sure, I've, I've done a mailer. But if you're going to mail somebody three times and then stop, like your friend Mandy did, you should just like burn the thousand dollars. Like it's yeah. equally as good an investment. Yeah. yeah, you better we'll probably save some time. Exactly. We'll probably, yeah. And like, and worry that maybe something would come of it, you know? Yeah. So in the day, like 
do something and do it all the way. These brokers, they earn their money. And if I can be the person they think of when they hear 50 unit class B Indianapolis, that's all I need, you know? I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Finding somebody that's really hungry, that is willing to put in the work, the time, the energy, the efforts, and you just letting them know that, hey, I can perform. I, I can do this. I'm really that person to be able to close on these deals. So, you know, they'll work their butts off for you to really make it a win-win. So I love that. So let's talk about this forever money part, because I really love this. And who doesn't love some forever money? Ah, uh, So the whole concept here is if I flip a house, I get paid one time. If I work a W-2, I get paid one time for those hours I gave that job, right? If I syndicate, I would argue, you get paid once, sure. right? So end of day, if, if you're going to do something for one-time money, like that syndication or that flipping that house, you can, if you spend that money, you've like eaten the, the golden goose, right? But if you can set that golden goose up, you own something for the long term that's going to pay you every single month. That, that is how you get paid forever. If you can figure out what your floor of income is, and you know, actually something that when I was when I was coming up, it was uh, in multifamily. I was really the only one who I I knew that looked at things the way I did. That I want to own the lion's share of it versus the syndicators. And I asked this guy who he was also in medical device, so we we earned a pretty nice living, very similar living. And I'm like, what do you need to know? What do you need to see to be willing to leave your W two? And he's like, oh, all I got to do is this deal and then that deal. And I get that acquisition fee and that disposition fee. And then all I got to do is four deals here. And I'm like, what do you, what happened if you don't find four deals worth? Are you going to like do crappy deals? Like, are you prepared to like not feed your kids? Like, what's the backup plan? Well, end of day, like that moment is where I realized I wanted to build this floor of income. And in order to figure out what that floor was for me, I borrowed some ideas from Tony Robbins' book, Money Master of the Game, and made a little calculator that's for free on my website, mandymcallister.com. You can download it there, help you figure out what you need to reach varying levels of financial freedom so that you can that like that is your forever money right and then if you decide you want to go do something for one time money then awesome do it with express purpose that you're going to throw it into a forever money bucket as soon as you can that so when you're structuring these deals, are you, I know you've raised money in the past. Um, are you getting creative in any form or fashion for putting kind of the, the deposit down and, and then financing? What does financing look like typically? So I love the permanent debt. I love the agency, yeah. non-recourse, permanent debt. In my humble opinion, this is how the rich get richer, right? Sure. So I can either get pissed off at them or I can go do what they're doing. So I'm just yeah. going to go do what they're doing, right? Yeah. So end of day, my approach isn't necessarily let's get in for no money down, but that's what helps me sleep at night. So what yeah. I've done to go further faster is I find other people who we have the exact same goal in mind that we want to buy something and watch what's happening in the market, hopefully own it for the long term. But if you want to offer me 10 times what I paid, I would consider selling it to you. Okay, right. So I'll outline the 53 unit for you. So I came in finding the deal alongside another guy and then another or third person who was getting crushed during COVID, no cash flow through his businesses that he owned. He had a bunch of cash. His problem was he had a lot of capital to play. My problem was I needed some capital, right? Yeah. There's always someone with a different problem than yours. You just need to go find that person. So I was super clear on my compelling goal of buying a class B, 50-ish unit, agency debt, something that I could run for the long term because of these metrics of growth in Indianapolis. And then the guy with all the money heard this and he's like, that sounds great. Let's go do it. 
right? So the the two of us that were selling this message to the rich guy, he was all in. So we did a 10%, 10%, 80% split. And we get, you know, a bit of, uh, we're all active in the deal. It's very important. Everybody's active in the deal to call it a joint venture because it is actually a joint venture and not a syndication. So we all attend calls, but I hustle a little more because I, I go look at the property in Indianapolis more frequently than the super rich guy. Yeah, smart. I love it. So being very clear and precise on exactly what you're looking for, exactly what you need. You're almost manifesting it by just letting people also know exactly what you want. But I think a lot of people mess this part up by not being clear, by not having the coach in place to really give them that structure of like, hey, let's backtrack. What do you want? What's the floor look like? How do we get there? And if you're not clear on it, then how do you expect this to just happen? You know, you got to. Yeah, this isn't gambling here. Well, I'll tell you, like that is one that you just described exactly what my goal is with the the people that I, I get to, to work. Right. Sure. Like I, I am nothing special. You can absolutely make these decisions without me. But here's what we do. We say you've got to have one market so that you can get really clear. You got to yep. start applying your limiting factors. If you have one hundred thousand in the bank, great. let's know that you probably by yourself can't go buy a ten million dollar property. Let's look at the properties that you can buy. Whatever type of debt you're looking for, that really matters. That knowing how to play that hand and get that information, you know, at the end of the time that I get to work with somebody, they should and can concisely say, I'm looking for a 10-unit pitch group, this zip code, uh, brick building. And then immediately, because you know what you're looking for, you find three and then you can buy one, you know. But if you're just looking for a deal, I don't know. I'll just take any deal. Just anything. Just <laughs> anything. Well, then then think about it's like saying to your grandma, here's the analogy. I love analogy. Here's the analogy that I, I say on this one. So if you tell your grandma, I want a sweater for Christmas. And then Christmas Day, you get like a sweater vest with a donkey and a pom-pom. Grandma delivered. You told the universe what you wanted and she delivered, right? She if you said up. to grandma... I want dark gray, cable knit, J crew, size medium. What if you get really granular and specific, then grandma's gonna figure out like a much better sense of what it is you want, and you're gonna get something closer to you want. It's not different in when you're looking for properties. That's so, so funny. It's so true though. It is, and it's it's needed. I love how you explain things to you. It's so good. <laughs> Mandy, talk to me about, you know, the, the car wash situation. I, you know, you mentioned too in the beginning that um, maybe when we were off actually line, but, you know, cap rates being below interest rates right now, obviously it's not the most sexiest thing in the world to jump into big multifamily at the point. So what does that look like for somebody that focuses on that type of space? You're pivoting a little bit. What does that look like? So I realized that the market wasn't giving me the thing that I wanted to buy. My sure. end game now and forever and always, amen, is going mm-hmm. to be these 50 unit properties on agency debt. That is the hustle that I'm going to do to build my generational wealth. However, if you're going to buy at a cap rate that is below your interest rate, you're going to lose money every damn month. You cannot do that. So let's zoom out. Like I, I think the, the brilliance of thought happens when you apply simplicity, right? So this, this thinking time, if you haven't read... The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. Pick it up. It's the best. The thinking time. So if you zoom out, you know, in commercial real estate, it's value equals NOI divided by cap rate, right? That's the formula. Math. Math don't lie. If you're going to buy at a four cap, you're basically saying that you're willing to pay $25 for $1 of that NOI. $1 cash will cost you $25, right? One of the things that was all the rage in GoBundance Women, because that doesn't necessarily work, was looking at businesses. 
So you buy on a multiple of EBITDA, earnings before interest, depreciation, taxes, and amortization. Basically, you know, I, I get that it's not exactly the same, but think of that also kind of like cash flow, right? Okay. So if I'm going to buy a car wash, it's going to cost me $3 for a dollar of cash flow instead of $25 for a dollar of cash flow. So if I apply this kind of mechanism of thought that I sometimes will do a one-time money thing in order to, to throw it into a forever money bucket. If I buy cash flow at $3 for a dollar of cash flow, knowing that that's, that's the thing that works right now, not the four cap property at a 7% uh, borrowing rate, right? Then at when the deal comes about, I'm going to have a lot of hopefully powder drop. Because the, the example of the super rich guy from that 53 unit, my paycheck is like 1500 2000 a month, right? His is like 15000 right? So if I can figure out a way to come up with a pile of cash to throw into something big, then that is the ultimate win and, and exactly how I'm constructing my investing life. I like that. So for, for right now, you've kind of pivoted and you're doing more car wash and value add and really... Did you tell me in the past that you 1031 a car wash or was that a, a real estate property? So, you know, a 1031 exchange is a like kind exchange. So you mm -hmm. can change one, exchange one investment property for another investment property. So I had a, a building that has a big old long story behind it. But long story short, it had appreciated $100,000 in a few years. Well, I was nice. selling it and I didn't want that tax burden. Good problem to have, right? So it yeah. was an investment property. I can go buy another investment property. I want it for a Well, what I did is I, I put that, uh, I, I kind of constructed out that acquisition of that car wash into two different transactions, one for the real estate only, and then one for the business. So this was a couple happy accidents, right? So I had this $100,000. I, I made that my down payment for the building. And now I can borrow a bunch of money from the bank that has helped me flip houses and do that stuff before because they, they know me, they like me, they trust me uh, on a 30-year amortization. What? If you're going to borrow an S for an SBA loan, not only like have I found like you can get that money and it's great and it's you know wonderful. And lots of people talk about trying to buy businesses with absolutely nothing out of pocket. Like that's great. You can go after it. However, I have found that the fees are kind of prohibitive and you only get up to a 10-year amortization. So that twice cuts into your cash flow in a real big way when you're building your business. So 30-year am and then I just paid, I, I paid 75000 for the business, like kind of a nominal fee for the business that cash flowed you know, twice that per year. So love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And then going back to you, uh, I think before you told me that you actually got screwed over by somebody on, on a real estate, uh, yeah. property, and then you yeah. bought a property for 45 grand. Yeah. So trust, but verify, like yep. a, a guy I went to church with wanted to do this big deal. I said, let's do the small deal first. Uh, I went through all of the paperwork and thought I had done all of the right things, made the LLC get drawn up such that I got the first money back that happened. Anyway, long story short, he I gave him the money. He never bought the property. And then I'm like, my identity of like, I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. Like that is how I'm structuring my life. Like I have made this, who do I think I am? That huge like face of like, how do you make that big a mistake, right? And then wait, he never bought those properties. I have liquidity and I can go buy those properties. So that's exactly what I did. And then I ended up getting kind of getting that money back because I had appreciation that I was able to support. So, you know, long story short, when you start to question your own identity because of a mistake, like going to a lot of Tony Robbins type events, somebody stole like a, a like a million dollars from Tony. 
And it's just a lesson, right? How do you take the hard thing and then turn it into some sort of silver lining? Like I was able to buy those properties and kind of get that money back. And now I've 1031 that into something that will be a tremendous cash flowing opportunity for 2024. That's so good. It really is. And there's levels to it, right? Like we're all going to make mistakes. We're all human. I actually have a similar situation. A guy from church that I was friends with ended up screwing me over on a $160,000 real estate deal. And just the ignorance of me thinking I was secure and safe, but really wasn't, didn't have the paperwork locked in. And, and so, you know, it just kept on getting delayed. He's in jail now for doing oh. this to a bunch of people. And then secondly, uh, there's something special behind, you know, I got a check for 160000 for something different that no time, no energy involved, and it just comes back. And so now I always say to myself, like, wow, that was that hundred sixty, you know, hundred. Uh, sixty thousand dollar mistake that I made. Can't wait till I get to the million dollar mistake, and I just hope nobody else is in my way. You know? Right. So, and, well, Alex Hormozzi said something that I loved. I don't know if you follow Alex yeah. and Layla Hormozzi. I adore them. Like the yeah, they're keepers. That, that they look at business like it's yep. brilliant. But he said he said something that really resonated with me. If you want to make a hundred thousand dollars, you got to be willing to risk that ten thousand dollars. You want to make a million dollars, you got to risk a hundred thousand. If you want to make ten million, you got to risk a million. Be willing to lose. That million. And yes, I, I learned, I'm going to tell you and anybody listening to absolutely run a background search and Google the person because I would have known this guy was a creep if I would have just Googled him. But end of day, I it gave me a lot of like courage and bravery because I know that guy is way less smart than me. And he was supposedly killing it in real estate. So I, I think that gave me a lot of courage to jump into leaving my W-2 because I, I knew that I knew what I was doing. The blessing in disguise. And it's one of those things that you won't make that mistake again. And it's just taking you to the next level. So anybody that's ever scared or, you know, investing in themselves or or find that tough season, I think it's just a, a testament to this too shall pass. And at the end of the day, it's, there's a blessing that we all have to learn from in, in the middle of it. And it sucks at the time by all means, you know, uh, but it is definitely it, it will get better. And it's a choice, right? Yes. Like I could have, I could have been right. I could have been right. And like, you're right. I should, I shouldn't be a real estate investor and stayed in my pajamas and in my bed like it yeah. was for a yeah. solid couple of weeks, you know, yeah. <laughs> or I could have chosen to look at it in a different way. Like that's the whole mindset ninja thing I talk about sometimes. You can always reframe. You can always find that silver. I love that. Mandy, I love your energy so much. I love how you've gone through so much. You've learned so much. And now the last several years, you've been helping out a ton of people along the way and coaching them. Do you mind just shedding some light on that for a second, just in case if any of the listeners are like falling in love with you and say, hey, I got to reach out and try to try to get my missing pieces put in place? Yeah, I like her joke. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> well, I just I see this this path. Or if you can just apply, if you can pick a couple of things, if you can make a couple decisions and put on your blinders, you don't yep. have to do 300 transactions to leave a W-2 in Thank God with multifamily. <laughs> you know, like if you do three, four, five of the right kind, the cash flow enough and you know what that number is and you, you can't hit a fuzzy target. So the only thing that we do and whether or not you work with me, the thing that will get you further faster is making that target crystal clear. 
What are you shooting for? What are you going for in terms of property? How much money do you need in cash flow to be willing to leave your W-2, right? If you figure those things out, which is what we do in our six months working together in small cohorts, so you'll be able to, to go further, faster and hit hit that cash flow goal in a time that you thought would never be possible because I, I did it. I, I couldn't agree more. I think every single person out there just needs... You know, if they get three properties, three good properties, it can change your life in a very, it could get you to that position that you can feel comfortable, leave whatever is driving you crazy over here, go all into, you know, really trusting in yourself for a better, brighter future that you are excited to be a part of. I want to say something on that too, because I've, I've seen a lot of people, I've, I feel like it's about like around 100. I should actually get a real count on it right at 100 people yeah. that I've had a chance to, to help to date. And the ones that are able to hit that number that they saw, right? Like it's so easy to kick a can down the road, right? Yeah. If you've got real good at a W-2 and you've got velvet handcuffs and it's real easy to say, oh yeah, that's nice. I'm going to take this 10,000 and the 15,000 I have coming in for my W-2 and I'm going to keep on going. Well, if what you want is to actually move into self-employment, you know, I'm going to encourage you to treat it like it's an experiment, right? If you think that you could find another job, because I was in sales, right? I knew I could make three phone calls to the people that I have built relationships with and find a sales job in like a week if I needed to, right? So I decided that today I'm going to leave my W-2 and 12 months, it's the end of the experiment. I'm going to reassess how I feel. And either on that day 365, I decide to go make one of those phone calls and get a job in a week, or I keep doing what I'm doing. And now I'm like two and a half years in and I couldn't imagine all of the opportunity that I've, I've had an opportunity to see through because I clouded myself with that W-2. So I'm here to tell you, you can treat it like an experiment and you'll go further than you ever dreamed. No good. Yeah, I wish I would have done that in the past. I, I got way too, you know, I made it more complicated. I kept on dragging my feet and it made more sense. I had more real estate, but still holding a day job than, you know, and just wasting all the hours in the day job, not wanting to be there, taking real estate calls while I'm there. It's just, it was messy. I had to get fired before I actually like decided And losing to do real my... estate professional status. Yeah. You know, if yeah. you lose, like if you haven't Google this, if you're listening and you don't know anything about it, if especially if you're a realtor who's investing in real estate, right? Sure. Like if you are not taking real estate professional status, the depreciation change that you can take is friggin' mind blowing. And a thing that I just learned in this process too, the, the real estate of a car wash, Brandon, is 100% depreciable year one without a cost segregation study. So oh. talk about a happy accident. Yeah, that is amazing. I need to get one of those. That sounds good. That would be really <laughs> helpful right now. Well, I love this, Mandy. I appreciate your time today. You just gave almost an hour to me and all the listeners. Anything that we could do to give back to you? Uh, well, if they're, you know, Go Abundance Women is, is something that I have the opportunity to lead. If you are a woman who is interested in, you know, growth in all ways, follow us on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram, official Mandy McAllister, and let me know the type of stuff that's interesting, because also I mentioned this, I have the opportunity to do a web series on Bigger Pockets about this car wash. So if there's something specific you want to know about, I'm looking for ideas. So let me know. <laughs> love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, guys, you definitely want to reach out to Mandy. She is a ball of energy, but also a ton of just 
excellent experience to really be able to help guide you and and make sure that you are getting that forever money. I like that. I like that. So by all means, reach out to her. And then if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. On Instagram too, we have Credit Council Elite. So check that out. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. And then if you haven't already taken a look at our website for Credit Council Elite, what are you waiting for? You can get a second opinion today and jump on a call with us after watching a quick 10 minute video that will explain exactly how we are teaching you business owners how to be able to get up to 500,000 every six months at 0% interest, a bunch of stacks of cards like this, and then liquidate it into cash so that you can use it for real estate for the next 18 months, 0% interest. So by all means, take a look at that. If you have any questions, just jump on that call to get a second opinion today. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button to get the newest notification every Monday. That's what you're going to want to do. And then leave that five-star review. Greatly appreciate all the love, all the support. Mandy, you are amazing. Appreciate you. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Till next time, guys. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.